Hey everyone, welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I'm your co-host Tim Chelsvik, and across the table, as always, Mr. Matt Drury. What's up? How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. It's 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 nice to have you back in the office. You you were gone for almost uh, between ATA and shot, like two weeks. Yeah, and I it's missed just, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know better. <laughs> Come on, Tim. No, it was all good. It was fun. We were out. You know, we we hang out basically with all of our partners as a chance to meet up and present things that we're doing and, mm-hmm. and what we've done in the previous years and what we're going to do that coming year. So it's a good chance to speak with them and also find out what new products are out there. Yeah. And also yeah. get sick. Right. <laughs> it's one of the best chances to do that the entire year yeah. because you come out of the woods for four straight months and then you're in here's here's twenty thousand people good luck so we got mark with us today and mark didn't actually make it to ata this He's year smart. He, i got he, sick before he ATA. got ahead of the curve instead of getting sick after the show he got sick before the show didn't even have to go and rather than go to the show and make everyone mm-hmm. else sick i like the smart to thing yeah. you're the first guy Stay that's ever bed. thought of that yeah. well i wasn't going anywhere so. you know how many low-grade fevers were probably walking around those oh. convention halls. Well, I know Taylor I'm a germaph- had one on the yeah. last day. <laughs> I'm a germaphobe, so I think about that stuff it's, all the time. I wash my hands till they're raw and, you know, all the hand sanitizer and stuff. It's smart. So. You know, when I was a kid, I used to think going to a buffet was, like, the oh. height of yeah. culture, and this is <laughs> amazing. The They've got, like, a gravy fountain. You can get as But now, not so much. <laughs> and the same thing with going to conventions. It's it, There's a, definitely a cool factor of being there. But, oh, my goodness. It's funny you mentioned that because literally last night, I, I don't forget how it got brought up, and my wife said something about it. I was like, man, you know, the big deal when we were growing up was like – because we never went to restaurants, you know, very rarely when, when I was mm-hmm. little. And the big one would either be Red Lobster on Sunday after church or like Shoney's or Ponderosa. Yeah, and that's how and I live I in. thought that was really <laughs> we're doing <rich>. something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because the ice cream is all you can mm-hmm. eat. <laughs> yep. The Ponderosa uh, buffet was our go-to. Yeah, absolutely. And, it was once... and I actually liked it. Oh, it was oh great. yeah. I, I did not like it. But I listen. still like buffets. Golden Corral, I see one. I'm there, man. I'm all about it. It's been a while. I haven't. I got to be honest. Uh, especially for breakfast, I'm all about it, man. And then you see the people that are camped out there. You know, you know why? Because you like get to eat quickly. You don't have to sit there and wait. You just get <laughs> there, get it line, and eat. That's nice. That's true. Well, how about highlights from either show for you guys? The, the, which we did touch on this, I think, in a podcast previous, but the ATA, mm-hmm, ATA. highlight would have been the uh, announcement of the farm giveaway mm-hmm. that we're doing over on DeerCast. I mean, it was pretty crazy. I mean, there were there were certainly a lot of great meetings that we we went to, but as far as a highlight for us of the trip, that that deal was pretty incredible. One of the things that I saw that I liked most at Shot Show was uh, Leopold's new LTO HD yeah. because mm-hmm. it allows you to filter out. Uh, temperatures that you don't want to spot through your LTO. In other words, as the the earth heats up and you get sunspots, all of a sudden you start seeing everything shining in your LTO. Mm-hmm. This allows you to dial that down to where only the animal would show up. You, and I really like the abil- ability to filter out certain temperatures. You literally put your hand in front of it and mm-hmm. then there's a setting you click or whatever and it basically calibrates it to yeah. you know a warm temperature like that wow. and then it's it's set. So a sunny day or a cold day or whatever it doesn't affect it you'd be pretty pretty awesome that was just cool. an awesome tool in general that takes it to the next level yeah because you used like the the earlier iteration oh, yeah. of that to recover a buck this past season right so to get everything calm you wait till night which in the evening it was an afternoon hunt everything mm-hmm. was dark so everything was cool he showed up 
we used it on some other deer during the middle part of the day and we were like man we're getting a lot of hot spots and we were like you know this probably isn't as effective well now it now takes it back to whereas if everything was at night or a cloudy day because you can filter out certain temperatures sure and for the for folks that maybe aren't familiar lto is loopholes thermal imaging optic optic yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a monocular that you look through yeah, yeah it's pretty incredible it shows all heat so Another pretty cool thing from SHOT Show was the um, Mossy Oak partnership they unveiled with NRA with that yeah. camo yeah. pattern. I think it was Overwatch, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Overwatch, yeah. It. That was pretty cool. Yep. And uh, they had a big presentation there. And what, uh, what was it? Ollie North. Colonel. Yeah. Oliver, Oliver North, North yep. was there. I mean, it was pretty awesome. That was neat. Neat deal. Of Iran Contra yeah. fame. If, if, you if, guys if you're old enough that, to remember, remember yeah. Contra, Could that be yeah. late 80s or yeah, early or something? Yeah, I, I just remember there was no quid pro quo. That's as, as a thing. kid, yeah. yeah, hearing that, and I and I had no idea what that meant as a kid. I just remember them saying that. How about that. now? So, is this for that? <laughs> yeah. Go. I brushed up on my Latin a little bit. <laughs> he was shorter than I expected. He was. He was. Did you tell him that? No. no. I just always, I see him on Fox News. You always think, man, he's a big colonel, you know, but he's, he's not a tall man. Strangely enough, while they were doing that presentation, I think People someone threw, stuff threw at him. something at him. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I didn't catch on to when it was happening. But I think if Toxie could have caught that guy, because the, the booth was incredibly Packed. crowded, mm-hmm. and they're doing this release for this pattern, you know, and all respect is for Colonel North. I mean, yeah. and then some idiot walks by and throws something at him. And I mean, Toxie's look, if, if he would have seen who actually threw it i think toxie would have ran over there and tackled the guy he was looking but he couldn't he couldn't spot him and i really never did know who threw it either yeah because there were just too many people around but so, some idiot threw something so yeah i was looking at the pictures that you guys sent back from that and i was looking around to see if i could pick out who the the maybe if he had secret service with him or i don't know if if you i, I don't know, did. have I a detail for the I rest of your life i would i don't know you would assume yeah. he might have some security there yeah another highlight i think was a conversation we had with craig morgan he's kind of on an nra board yep. and that yeah. was very enlightening i thought enlightening and, for and, sure and about our rights and our freedoms and just how how in jeopardy they are yeah. you know the left is mounting these efforts behind the scenes under under the curtain if you will mm-hmm. and they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger and craig said we've got the fight of our life coming up you did, know? did he did he list out like maybe one spooky he, he went through several things it'd be worth having craig on frankly yeah. i'm sure he would do it you yeah. know just to talk about that it, it was enlightening and scary and you know he had a couple of cool um stories about the president that he had met three two or three times now mm-hmm. and he i think might be on a board there for something that w- i think something with conservation yeah. yeah yeah so anyways that was that was probably one of the more enlightening conversations we it was had yeah where i was like holy cow you yeah. know you just don't know because you're not in the meetings you're not there right so that was certainly interesting that guy's got some range you can sing a song like hillbilly yacht club and also be on the board nra and <laughs> he's a good he's man sharp he's pretty sharp mm-hmm. yeah you kind of have to be to roll at that level yeah big time so i'm trying to think i mean we saw so much stuff in a you know a couple week period well it, it was kind of a whirlwind for you guys because then you came back and then it was the missouri sports hall of fame induction ceremony yeah we got home friday night friday evening and saturday morning it said all right, pack up, let's go. <laughs> Get in the car and drive, you know, three or four hours down to Springfield. But that was a very cool weekend with family and a lot of, you know, Mark and, and Dad's sisters and their husbands came and my sisters and their husbands. Mm-hmm. And it was neat. And Grandma, Grandma presented us with a really cool uh, 
present that was that meant a lot to me I don't, to all of us i don't know if you might be able to see a corner of it here it was uh grandma and grandpa's cardinal jerseys yeah. that said together since it's 1951 cool. she had them framed up for us so to, to make sure that we stay on point that absolutely our, that our north uh is always set sure so it's cool one of the really cool things about that was mark i know in your acceptance speech you mentioned how that you were accepting the award on behalf of all Missouri hunters and outdoorsmen that have purchased tags. We did, you know, it, it was humbling to be up there with people we've rooted for and idolized for years, you know, Jeff Supon and Ryan Howard, you know, these guys, and we, we really didn't feel deserving. And, you know, we just wanted to say, and we were the first hunters to go into the, into the Missouri cool. sports hall yeah. of fame. And, and we didn't go in there as a family we went in there as as our jury family we, we went in there as a family of hunters we all go in yeah. together the way i looked at it and and uh i wanted to accept it on behalf of anybody that's ever hunted or you know you know been in in a lake in missouri or fished its waters or walked its hills or hollows i mean it's uh you realize how special a state this is and it's on behalf of everybody not not just us yeah and it kind of continues to bring exposure to what we do because now there are outdoorsmen in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Whereas in the past, it's been... One of the cool parts, we had an old camera, one of the originals, <clears throat> original types of camera. I think it was AG450. AG, Panasonic AG450 or 455. Yeah, and uh, so that was one of the things that's in the hall for the next year or whatever, and that, that was pretty cool. Just yeah. see the camera, how big mm -hmm. it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, and it probably cool. wasn't near the size of the ones like Cuz Strickland and those guys used to use for ESPN days. And Actually, we bought that camera on Cuz's recommendation. Did he? Yeah, when wow. we first started the company, you know, I knew Cuz through the turkey calling circuit, and and I told him what we were going to do, and he said, "Hey, when you when you go and start to do this, call me. I'll mm -hmm. tell you what equipment to buy." So I did, and it was a Bogan. I forget the number, 2001 base with a 3061 head, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. was a fluid head, and then a Panasonic AG450 SVHS. He said, here's what you need, and that's exactly what we bought, and then talked to everybody else into buying. I still have my original tripod at the farm. We still film off of it all the time. Wow. The, thir <laughs> the 13 interviews that you see yeah. were filmed in there at the farm off of that tripod. That's cool. Yep. It's Taking a beating to these. Years. Thirty years old. I'd say. Yeah. You got your money's worth out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah. Well, we should probably also mention the the farm giveaway and just how that's going. We've got over forty thousand people that have signed up so far. Most of them hopping on through DeerCast and going to the farm giveaway page, which is new. Like if you haven't, if you don't see the farm giveaway icon in the nav bar on your DeerCast, it just means you still need to upgrade to DeerCast one point one. Do that, and then you can go through there and click and and get entered to win. We've got our January winner already. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I think we're going to talk to him later on today. Yep. So we get a, it sounds like he's pretty excited and we'll start going down the path. February is an even cooler gift, I think. Mm -hmm. It's timely, right? Yeah, yeah. There's so analogic. And this is the really, like, we get a lot of credit for this stuff, but our, our partners are are giving this stuff to sure. the winners. So Analogics is giving someone a pallet of their, like a full pallet of their mineral blocks and a full pallet of the gold supplement. That is 
Awesome. I hope I win. <laughs> whether, it, whether it be for herd health or just picture inventory, you cannot beat the Analogics line for either of those two things. I use it for herd health, but I also use it in the summer. You want to pull a big buck out and get, their, get his picture before you're going to get mm-hmm. him over anything else, put some supplement gold out. The stuff is like crack to them. It's amazing how they come to it. Well, I've seen it firsthand, what, like if I run out in the summer or whatever, and you go mm-hmm. get some couple bags of corn or whatnot and just put it out. The amount of pictures decrease pretty, sure. pretty heavily for me. So I've seen it firsthand. Otherwise I would have thought it, it is what it is, but you, once you see just how much attraction there is there and palatability for them, it's, it's no lie. Pretty sick. Yeah. So of course we're both in areas where we can still use it too. In Iowa, I can, I can't in yeah. Missouri and Mercer. I could in harrison this past year however mercer got a cwd positive and harrison borders it so i won't be able to this year if protocol stays the same those things are changing yeah it really it really is incumbent upon individuals to know what the regulations are for sure yeah for sure yeah it's uh yeah things are moving pretty quick well, we put out the uh, the request on DeerCast a few weeks back to uh, join us in this conversation on the show. If you have questions, let us know. And uh, and we had Shane Stover from Ohio give us a question that kind of is one that is probably on everyone's mind in some in some form or another. So let's listen to Shane's question, and uh, then we'll jump right into it. Absolutely. The question of the day is brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Your adventure starts here. Hello, my name is Shane Stover, uh, eight-year Marine combat vet. I hunt Ohio, um, northeastern Ohio. question I have is early season. I had multiple shooters coming into a small plot, and it uh, seems like as soon as the season started, they disappeared. I was getting some decent bucks on camera, filming-wise, but... Now I haven't seen nothing in my spot. Corn still out, still feeding them supplements, but I have not been getting any of my shooters coming in, and I've only had small bucks roam. What would be a good late-season plot, or not a plot, but to get them in and staying or coming back to where I'm at? Seems like they just kind of vanished. So... If you could, give me a hand, guys. I would greatly appreciate it and try to figure out uh, how to lay a tag down on one of my shooter bucks, if not anything. This year I've been kind of skunked. And uh, just trying to seal the deal before the end of this year. So let me know, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the time and all you guys do. I love the app. I use it on a daily basis, no matter what it is, even if it's just for checking trail cameras. I greatly appreciate it. So first off, we want to thank Shane for his service. Big that's, time. Yeah. You just can't thank our service members enough. He's a, a warrior. Eight years. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. God bless you, Shane. Him and every other service man or woman out there. I think about that when I go for a long, a long weekend, I'm away from my family, just how hard that is. Imagine going off for a tour for, you know, six months at a time or something. That's, God bless him. Absolutely. So <laughs> he he puts forth a great question. Yeah, he's in a tough spot, but <clears throat> I think, you know, the the issue, he's in Ohio, so first of all, I hope we didn't I don't know when they're when they close, when they're 
I think it's fe- late February. Okay, if I'm not so mistaken. we could still help him out, hopefully, because that was the point of his question. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I need some help here. Uh, he he's basically his mature bucks disappeared on him, and he's got you know he's in a, a state where you can bait. And nothing seems to be working. So he was asking, you know, what can he do, whether it's food plots or what, to hold deer in that late season? What do you think, Mark? You know, I have a farm that's exactly like that, Shane, in Missouri. It's 40 acres, and I have one particular bottom there on that farm where I have great shooters in July, August, and into September, the Missouri season opens September 15th. They will stay there, and it's it's literally awesome hunting throughout September. Mm-hmm. And then one by one, they trickle out, and they're gone by mid-October every single year. I've owned that farm for 10 years, and every single year, they're gone by mid-October. And it generally, to me, it almost coincides with the leaves coming off the gra- mm. off the trees. Yeah. And, you know, so it loses cover because it's pretty wide-open timber that surrounds this area, which is not my timber. Otherwise, I'd try to thicken it up. And then the rut starts. So they, they leave their summer ranges and their early fall ranges, and they start to branch out in search of does. And sometimes, try as you might, you can't really change the dynamic of what the herd wants to do. Yeah. If the buck doesn't want to be there, you can't do things to make him stay there. Uh, if you want to try and enhance it and make it better for fall, the thing that I would say to do would be a increase the cover make sure that you've got thermal cover in and around that area shane if you can and b plant something that's palatable to them this time of the year whether that be a a a crop of soybeans or corn soybeans are generally the best for late season however you have to have an area big enough so that you can plant a field that a makes it through the summer and then Mm -hmm. b makes it through the entire season and into this time of the year i would guess you're going to need depending on deer density at a minimum three acres of soybeans and more more likely you're going to need seven nine ten acres of soybeans depending on deer density those those things that and overall lack of intrusion sometimes by hunting an area too much you can push some some of the deer out so sometimes you just got to let some areas areas rest but it may be that you can't fix it i've tried everything i could on that 40 acres and it remains unbelievable in september and early october and then pretty horrible the rest of the year so what would you do to improve thermal cover what are some tactics there thicken it up you know sometimes you just you know just by natural browse lines and natural Mm -hmm. cover you're going to make it better because it's not so open the wind doesn't get through it as well the thicker the cover the better regardless of whether it's a north face or south face and it's gonna it's gonna help you or get there quicker if it's a south face is because it's going to get more sunlight and thusly it's going to uh, thicken up much quicker yeah the intrusion aspect is an interesting one because I think, I think you can bump deer and not even realize that you're doing it. Absolutely, it's it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not just that that they're blowing and they're running off. They never let you know when you bump them. Very seldom do they let you know. Most deer don't. Well, not even that. But <clears throat> say you didn't bump it, but you you your scent trail is going in and out, you know, and you've used the scent. You keep hunting over and over, and they're catching your trail at night or mm-hmm. whenever they cross it, and they're like, "Wait a second, I'm just yep. not going to come back." And I'm not saying Shane's doing that because he may not be. Um, but if by chance Shane, you look at this and go, "Well, maybe I am hunting it too much," you know, consider that. In my case. We hunt the living tar out of it in September and October because we know there's a deadline coming. Yeah. All right. And we're up against that. They're leaving anyway. So we go ahead and hunt them when they're there. And then when they're not, I, I just don't hunt that area anymore. And, and 
because of that, it is my number one single most productive spot in the state of Missouri. We have yeah. killed more bucks out of that 40 acres than I have all the rest of the area combined. Like, it is unbelievable how many. We kill a buck out of it almost every year. We killed the biggest buck off of that spot. We've killed more bucks out of mm-hmm. that spot. It's incredible how good it is. It's a good opening day. Like, you guys almost always, if the opening weather's three right. three weeks. Yeah, if the yeah. weather's right or you get the front, you almost always see your shooter. It, we almost always do because they bed right there just off of it. Mm-hmm. We always have a lush green field right there. The wind is tricky, so we built a blind that was – 90 plus percent set proof and i've learned through the years not to go in there unless the wind is very calm which it often is during the early season because that blind holds our wind in Mm -hmm. we killed a deer there this year uh we sent crushed everything we sprayed everything down and we sprayed each other down while we sat there in that blind this year because the wind was 180 out it was dead wrong it was blowing across the plot very lightly that's one that you and taylor ran to the we ran in there to get in quickly and then and then literally sprayed down every 20 minutes on the on the on the 20 minutes and then we also had infield ozone with us we kept mm-hmm. turning that on every 15 or minutes to knock it down and that deer literally fed by with within 20 yards opened the window killed the deer taylor did a deer called wishbone and uh, he was dead downwind when we shot him you know but we just controlled everything and you know to think a few years back, like if I would have suggested that to Taylor, you know, look, I'm going to, I'm going to squirt you down with, with this copper spray every 15 minutes. Like she would have said, I'm not going, you know, mm-hmm. but she has seen the results and the effectiveness of it. And now, I mean, she's like, Hey, spray away, <laughs> get rid of all this smell, you know, yeah. get rid of the shampoo smell, makeup smell, whatever it is. We literally kept each other scent free that night. Pretty cool. Well, you, you also mentioned kind of recognizing what the different influences, what the different influencers are, and some things you just may not be able to control. Like if the deer are going to want to go off that property at a certain point in the season, there may be nothing you can do to to make to change that. And so you have the thing you can influence in that scenario is you and your own hunting schedule and what your expectations are. Hunted hard when they're there. Yeah. And, and not I, I waste feel, your time. And yeah, I feel for him because I mean, late season. He's he's had a tough season already. He said, yeah. and he's trying to make something happen here. So, um, you know, I I think because it is a state where you can put some bait out there. I mean, he's saying like that's not even working for yeah. him. But you know, maybe do try something else. Try an analogics or whatever. Something that's a little more palatable. I don't know what he's putting out, but if it's just straight corn, maybe try something that yeah, has try a something more with gold. See if, see if that mm-hmm. works. And sometimes it just comes down to where they bed. More often than not, your success. If you look back on it, whether it be morning or evening, it is how close am I to where he's betting that yeah. shooter? You yeah. know, if you look back at every big deer you ever killed, you were damn close to him, or otherwise you're not going to kill him because they don't move very far mm-hmm. during daylight. Yeah. And I suspect his issue is they're not betting close. Otherwise, he'd be seeing them either that or there's so much pressure they're just not moving at all during daylight. And sometimes, you, like you alluded to, you can't change that even if you try to thicken up your property or whatever. Sometimes they just don't live on you. Yep. And that's something we've experienced at least for six years now. Just They just mm-hmm. don't live there. They're so just not there. If you can't get them to your place early enough and like every condition has to be lined up right for that to happen, sometimes you're just out of luck. You're just right? out of luck. It's yeah. why the rut is everyone's favorite time yeah. because they do move further. Mm-hmm. They move more. Yeah. And you increase your odds, you know. That's when they slip up. Uh, the rest of the year, they don't slip up a whole yeah. heck of a yeah. lot. They're pretty good at living. They're, they're, <laughs> I mean, they're real good at living. They're, they're at pretty living. much have their patterns. They stick to them. And they do. don't deviate all too often. Yeah. Less forced to. And I've noticed the later in the season you get, the less they move during daylight activity because mm-hmm. they're 
metabolism slows down to a crawl. It's part of the species. It's part of what keeps them alive in the winter. Their metabolism goes down to nothing. It peaks in mid-December, so that's one of the reasons we did feedback in 13. Mm -hmm. And then it just gradually slows. And it's hard to see deer during daylight this time of the year because their metabolism is so slow. It is an automatic mechanism within their bodies that allow them to survive winter and to survive 20 degree below temperatures and so on and so forth because their metabolism so slow they don't have to eat as much therefore they just they bed up and it's almost like a, a white-tailed deer hibernation yeah. if you will especially in the north where he's at well and that was a question that i saw quite a bit here with this recent kind of arctic dome of air that came down and we're seeing sub-zero temperatures in places that don't regularly see that people are like well what are the deer gonna do should yeah. should we really try to be out there supplementing and helping them through or are they are they just gonna hunker down and it's we had this conversation actually this past weekend in Springfield and I forget how we got on it, but didn't you say, or somebody said sometimes that supplemental feeding can actually hurt them more than help them if they got to go, if they have to go very far, very far to get to it. The key to winter supplemental feeding, two things. Number one, get it very close to where they're bedding so mm -hmm. that they don't have to move very far and expand energy to get there. Yeah. And number two, spread it way out so that you reduce social stress. Don't put it in one pile or 50 deer because they're going to come to it. I mean, mm -hmm. they have to eat. Don't put them all in the same place because deer don't like to be around other deer. So spread it way out, much like a, the residue on a cut cornfield or something but yeah. put it close to their bed and spread it way out to keep them apart from each other okay sounds good i don't know if we helped shane or not but i hope hopefully you got a little bit out of it yeah yeah let us know and, and well if, if nothing else shane gets a drew outdoors hat for us using his question on <laughs> hey, the podcast I, I soup, but i got a hat <laughs> a nice job <laughs> Uh, and if you want to ask us a question, just go to drewyoutdoors.com slash podcast. And in the lower right-hand side of your screen, you'll see a tab that says send voicemail. Click that and use the microphone on your mobile device or your laptop and leave us a quick question. We'd love to, uh, we'd love to hear what you're thinking and get back to you on that. And, and again, if we use your question on air, we will send you a hat. All right, all right. So I think uh, that pretty much wraps up this episode. We got a few closing remarks we got to make, and then uh, we are on to the next. Yeah, so if you enjoyed what you heard and want to subscribe to the show and haven't already, do so via SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Pretty much any place that you're going to get podcasts, you will be able to find the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. You can also watch a show on YouTube, watch in the DOD TV section of DeerCast, uh, where you can also register for the 30-year anniversary farm giveaway. Absolutely. And while you're over on YouTube, we got all kinds of new content that's hitting the door every week. So uh, watch. While you're there please stay and enjoy watch subscribe while you're there as well uh but the big news always for us is deer mm -hmm. cast and the farm giveaway and hopefully giving people a chance to have something that can be a life changer for them 60 acres in north missouri pretty cool i can't wait to give it away I, it's gonna be cool i can't wait it's gonna be awesome cool all right well let's shut this thing down all right until Thanks next time peace we're adding new videos every week, so make sure to click that subscribe button and check out all of our amazing content. This episode of DOD TV was brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's.